Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast for early interventionists. My name is Erica, and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. I created Rainbows and Rain as a way to connect with other providers in the field, trying to grow in their own practice as we all put best practice and research to work in real life on real visits. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Welcome to episode 14 of Rainbows and Rain. I just had a visit with a family, and it's a little boy who is about almost two. He's almost two. In a couple months, he'll be two. And it's with an interpreter. So mom, the visit is with mom, the interpreter, and then the little boy. And even though there's a language barrier, I was... With this mom and with the interpreter, and mom asked a question that she has asked before, and it really made me reflect on why is she asking this question again? I have addressed it, and if she, excuse me, and if she's asking it again, excuse me again, um, she must not be understanding something, and if she's not understanding something, what am I doing that I need to do or that I need to change to help her understand? And the question she asked, I don't think was very uncommon. And it's not something related to the language barrier. And I don't think it's something I'm not communicating um, that I don't communicate differently with any other family. So, and I think a lot of families have a hard time with it and don't understand and want to know more. So I'm going to just set the stage a little bit. So in the program I work in, we use a primary service provider model. So there is one person from the IFSP team that is chosen to serve as the family's primary service provider with support and consultation and teaming from the other team members. And this child has myself, it has OT, PT, and speech. So a lot of needs going around overall. He was very young when I got him about six months ago. So he was, you know, about 15 months So the primary concern at the time was motor and talking. There are some ASD red flags, for example, loss of words or loss of sounds and things like that, but he's very young. So we're just going to kind of see how things go and how he makes progress and how he develops. The question mom asked today, which is something she's asked previously, but it's been a while, was when are we going to work on talking? Who is going to work on talking? Is it going to be you? Is somebody else going to do that? Who is going to work on talking? And when are we going to address talking? That is something so common we hear in early intervention, I feel like, is I want my child to talk. If he or she was able to talk, all of these things would be a lot easier or everything would be a lot easier. And I'm speaking as 
an ECSE teacher. So as a special education teacher, I am not the speech pathologist on the plan. However, all of us on the plan working as early interventionists, we're all working on talking. So I addressed her question um, first as simply as I could um, for saying that I am working with you and your son and every visit we're working on talking. So there was like a couple elements to this question. I feel like it, you know, she was coming from it I think developmentally, because he is nonverbal, he has lost words, he's almost two, and even getting him to imitate sounds is difficult. So it was a question, I think, that involved a lot of other questions. So when are we going to work on talking? When is he going to work on talking? Or when are we going to work on talking? Who's going to work on that? So it was just, you know, a bit, I think just a really, it really made me think about where she's coming from. Because now we're almost six months into services and working together. And she feels like we're not working on talking. So I first started re-explaining to her that, again, I'm your primary service provider. And together, we are working on talking. So I first addressed her who part of that question. And the next part of her question about when are we working, when are we going to work on talking? I, again, re-explained to her, and again, this is through an interpreter, but I think it's something that comes up on a lot of visits with different families is we are working on talking all the time. You are working on talking all the time when I'm not here. And if you're familiar with Laura Mize, which I think a lot of speech pathologists, excuse me, and a lot of professionals out in the field are, Laura Mize has developed these 11 skills all toddlers need before words emerge. So I always go back to that on every visit, especially with the kiddos who are working on pre-linguistic skills and try and emphasize with parents and educate parents. This is where our feedback comes in as professionals on what's developmentally appropriate for where your child is at. If your child is not able to copy simple sounds, then talking itself is going to be really difficult. So going back to her question, I have addressed the who, I've addressed the when. I think the bigger question right now is, how are we addressing talking, knowing that he doesn't have any words, he's almost two, and imitation is really difficult for him. I have heard so many parents say, he or she just doesn't want to do it, or they won't do it, or they're really stubborn, or, you know, just kind of those kind of excuses for why that imitation or that attempt to verbally communicate isn't there. I try and turn it around to parents and explain if it were easy, they would do it. 
knowing that it's hard, you know, it's, it's them not, um, being confident, comfortable, motivated, whatever the word is, it's just not coming easy to them. And there's a reason for that. Learning to talk and communicate using words is one of the most complex things the brain learns to do. And it can be really hard for parents to see how difficult that is. I have tried to explain it to parents similar to climbing a staircase. We both want to get to the top of that staircase where it's using words functionally, using words together to make sentences, to communicate wants and needs. Uh, We all want that. We all want to get there. However, we're starting here at the bottom of the staircase or we're just, you know, a few steps up. There are all these steps in between to get from where we are at to the top of that staircase. Uh, I'm a very visual learner, so I like things explained to me visually visually like that. And it, depending on the parent you're, or caregiver you're working with, trying to figure out how they learn best or how they understand things will be really helpful in trying to communicate how you're going to work on these skills. Um, I had a great, I read a great article about um, learning to talk and learning to communicate and how it's almost related to it. Well, it is a motor skill for sure. Um, You got to move your mouth to make words and sounds and and all of that, and comparing it to riding a bicycle. There's balance involved. There's reciprocal motion involved. There's, you know, hand-eye coordination involved. There's all these little pieces and steps to learning to ride a bike, very similar to learning to use our voice and our mouth to talk and communicate. Going back to this little guy and Laura Mises' 11 steps, uh, there's also all those social uh, skills that are used in communicating with another person. So that's another piece to this is while this little guy has a difficult has difficulty imitating, it's not just the imitation part. So there are other skills missing. Um, other foundational skills missing that are getting in the way of some of that communication stuff. So uh, my next visit with mom, I am really going to start out with how she feels about what we're working on and how we're working on it. And again, uh, he does have those indicators of autism, and that's been an open discussion and something that she is concerned about and will continue to kind of discuss those indicators, knowing that his communication is impaired and, you know, is impacting his progress and things like that. So lots of things going on with this little guy and that big question, when are we going to work on talking? And the answer is all the time, all the time we're going to work on talking.
as I reflect on this visit with this mom, I am thinking about how as early interventionists, we forget that these are things we know and that are just second nature to us. And we know these things and um, it, we don't need to revisit them. We, we assess the child. We kind of know where they're at and what they need to do to get to the next step, the next level, the next thing. However, some parents don't. That doesn't come second nature to them, especially if this is their first child, especially if this is um, a child that's developing differently than their older child, their neighbor's child, their friend's child. So that that I have to remind myself, like, we need to take a step back and keep talking about, I know I've said this at this visit, but I need to revisit again and check in and see how are you processing this? How are you feeling about this? Do you understand how all of these skills are linked together to get to your ultimate goal, which is to get him to communicate using words. I'm often checking for understanding with the student I'm working with, with the student I'm assessing. Um, but this visit made me realize I need to do more check checking for understanding with the parent or the caregiver I'm working with. Even though she has been super agreeable and very active in the visit and participating in things that we do and come up with and we're doing this together. She wasn't understanding how all of these things connected. So, and that was my fault. So I really need to take more of an active role in um, checking in with her to see if she understands how this relates to our ultimate goal for her son. If I had to describe this visit using my weather metaphor, I think I'd say this has mostly been some pretty sunny, rainbowy visits. Um, but this visit, when she brought up that, when are we going to work on talking? I felt like a cloud moved in and it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, that's that's something we need to talk about. That's something we need to address if you don't understand uh, when are we going to work on talking. So a little bit of a cloudy visit. I don't think it's too rainy, but cloudy. Anyways, thank you again for listening to another episode of Rainbows and Rain. If you have any thoughts on this topic or feedback for the podcast, please email them to me at ericabow 80 at gmail.com. That's E-R-I-K-A-B-O-8-0 at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, hit that button. And I hope you join me again for another episode of Rainbows and Rain.